Hi, I'm Herb Dean. If you like MMA, and if you like to laugh, check out the One Punch Podcast at BT Sport. This is Bruce Buffer. Tune in to the One Punch Pod on BT Sport. So here we are. We are back with the BT Sport One Punch UFC pod. With me, back in the seat, Brian Lacey alongside... Brad One Punch Picket. Oh, it's good to see you, mate. It's good to see you. I, I listened to the podcast last week. Big shout out, Mikey Trainer filling in for us. That was, uh, I've got to say, because I've, I've I've been in the restaurant mode, because I don't know if I've told you, but I've been celebrate, celebrating my birthday for about two and a half weeks. No, I've seen you by your Instagram. It's like, you remind me a bit of my brother, because my brother always, uh, his birthday's in uh, in May, May 2nd. It's always that, that bank holiday weekend, and he's always like, had the longest birthday ever. So you're birthday 40th birthday on my it's like you're celebrating your birthday again what's going on at least it was a, a week long of uh two uh, weeks so far two weeks okay. and we've got poland coming up you've just given me a present we're off to poland together so i'm expecting a few surprises from but uncle when actually was actually your birthday two years ago mate i was 40 <laughs> two years ago beautiful day 31st oh, see, of may so two no, years was... ago you're 40 yeah because i thought you looked older than oh 40. Yeah, mate don't start this mate don't start that you just hobbled in with your knee done and your face all wonky let's not even get on age uh, but i've got to say uh, superb episode and i had a few comments about mikey's accent being a lot subtler and sexier than mine what do you mean you don't, you beautiful don't, irish you, accent you, mate. yeah but you don't have an accent though. yeah but i, I don't but no. yeah but and do if I, I have an accent you, 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 you've got more of a uh Monk is Africa, i won't call it an accent i just say you, you, you start slightly struggle talking I do. I mumble a lot. I think my brain works faster than my mouth at times. Is that you ever have that problem? I've, I've, I've very rarely got my brain working faster <laughs> than my mouth. My, it's the other way. I think that's why our yin and yang work. But what I will say is I listen to the podcast, and if I'm going to do it in restaurant terms, Mikey's voice was like a succulent fillet steak, and your voice was like the bed of nails it had to sit on. That's that's exactly how I'd sum up you two. So it worked? <laughs> it was pretty good. It'd be a, one of those fancy it, gastro restaurants where they stick a steak on, on, yeah, on a spade exactly, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. But anyway, let's not just talk about uh, last week's episode. Let's talk about this week's episode. We've got loads to talk about. UFC Stockholm. Uh, we'll look back at that. We'll look back at uh, Gustafsson put, laying his gloves in the cage there. We'll get some your thoughts on that. We've got some uh, uh, listener thoughts on their favourite moments of Alexander Gustafsson. Uh, we've got an interview with Alexander Rakic, which I'm looking forward to. He really made a statement on that card, taking out Jimmy Mann and then we'll look ahead towards UFC 238, which is an absolute banger of a card. So uh, you all set for that? I'm uh, buckling my seatbelt right now. Buckle it in. Strap in. Off we go. So uh, <laughs> is that your sound effect? <laughs> that's, 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 <laughs> yeah. That's, that's... Should we try other sound effects that you might be good at? Let's open a tin of tuna. Um Surely don't make it sound. It's not like a. It's not like a cat, is <laughs> yeah. it? A tuna tuna I is wouldn't like, eat that tuna if it's a bit go, fizzy, go, go, mate. Go, go, don't throw me under the bus. You do an opening can of tuna tuna. All right, it's all right. I'll not bad, that. was it? Yeah, not bad. I've been practicing that for weeks, mate. Practicing that. So let's talk about UFC Stockholm <laughs> off the back of me opening a can of tuna live on air. First, start with the main event because we're going to talk about Gustafsson after this. But Gustafsson versus Anthony Smith. We talked about it before your podcast last week about it being a strange fight for both these fighters and whoever lost this, that's a real step back. Yeah. But I've got to say, Anthony Smith, right from his walkout, which is one of the scariest slow walkouts I've ever seen in the UFC, he was staring every Stockholm fan. It was an enemy, t- enemy territory. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, but he was staring them down like, I'm here to, here to do the business. And his demeanour was somebody that was looking, and he even said this, he wants to wipe away that, that performance against John Jones. And yeah. he, he looked great during that. Gustafsson is a tough, awkward opponent. Um, but the fact that Anthony Smith finished him, that, that does put him a little bit back in the mix. He's, he's way off ever getting a title shot against John Jones again but he certainly made a statement as far as being in that top five 100 it's not going to be easy to go in like i say off uh, a loss to john jones to go into someone like alex gustafson's backyard and pull up a um you know everyone's against you sort of thing you know i think he was probably the if not the biggest or underdog on the card as far as itself, because because start, I start thought he started well quite wisely. You know, uh, Smith is a bit of a powerhouse. He kept him on the outside, kept him moving, didn't stay planted in front of uh, Smith where he could get hit. Smith, we can see he was actually starting to get a bit frustrated over, yes, the, over those rounds. You can see that he's throwing big shots and uh, just missing, but you know. Um, you see me start getting frustrated. A couple of them kind of hit here and there, and I, I thought 
The first two rounds, you may have given it to Smith because of the aggression, but the third round, I gave it to Gustafsson. And I actually thought that the momentum on the fight was definitely going in his favour, especially that I think it was the end of the third round. He got a takedown, great takedown. Yeah, you know? yeah um, solid. Yeah, solid takedown. And then the round on top, and definitely won that round, where the first two rounds... You know, it's a bit, you know, a bit touch and you go. That's why I think uh, a takedown within a round of MMA is very important. Uh, and he did that in the in the end of the third round. But did that play to his downfall going into the fourth, thinking, okay, right, I'm just going to take him down again. And he went for a takedown, didn't do the, the best. It was the judo trip. Yeah. That was the thing, wasn't it? And Anthony Smith is so strong that he was just able to, to reverse that. Yeah, and then he got, he got taken down. Um he did the right thing, defending-wise, uh, by tripoding up, trying to get Anthony Smith to fall off. But like I say, a lot of people don't don't realise that Anthony Smith is a high-level black belt. I had no idea, mate. Yeah. I, I honestly have no yeah. idea. Zero. I, I just thought he was a banger. I, yeah. like, you look at his record. He looks like, he looks like well. a banger, yeah. doesn't he? He's like, got that scary demeanour. But I just I had no idea his, his grappling. Obviously, it's of a level because yeah. he's in the UFC. But uh, the black belt level. And the adjustments he made on the back to finally flatten him out and then get that finish, that, that's, that shows it. And that's the thing with Gus. Isn't it? I think Gus has got... Some, uh, uh, he's not like a world class BJJ guy, but obviously I think he's training of MMA. He's okay, well versed on the floor, but I, I believe he's more of a top guy. Mm. You saw against his fight against uh, uh, John Jones when he was on his back, he just ran out of ideas. He looked like he didn't know what he was doing down there. But when I uh, say he was on top on the end of that third round, you saw that like, good ground and pound, good posture and stuff like that. So um, it was just a bit of an unfortunate mishap that Smith's strength managed to get that position. He'd done the right thing he's trying to defend by posturing up, but then Smith just stayed on there, done the right thing yet again, flattened him down. And when you flatten his base right down, then he's got to try and put his hands down to push up to try and elevate himself then and left his neck out and, and, and got choked out. Uh, yeah, and you sort of disappointed him. And, you know, he, he was... Yeah, what did I say? Yeah, it's it, I mean, it's, it's tough to it's watch. It's tough, especially in your, in your... And he even said it, that's the second time he's lost in Stockholm. The, the first one was uh, against Anthony Johnson um, when they brought that huge card there, the 30,000 seat, the six in the morning main event. Um, but you could see the disappointment on his face. But there was a classy reaction from Anthony Smith one there. As soon as he'd done it, spent a little moment with Alexander Gustafsson. So much respect between these two. I think they kind of knew... Even Anthony Smith said it's almost a shame they had to meet, but they knew they would eventually have yeah. to meet. Um, but seeing that sort of respect between the two and on the credit to Anthony, Anthony Smith to rise himself up after the defeat against John Jones and, and the way he lost to John Jones yeah. to put on a performance like that. Uh, was amazing, and what was also amazing was how quiet <laughs> the crowd went. Right. Have you ever had that? Have you ever been in like finish somebody in the crowd just go whoosh? Well, not not in MMA because I mean like. I think most places where I went, I was, had some sort of following, even though if it, even in America, uh, just because the type of fighter I was, people just enjoyed watching me fight, and I always had a bit of a fan base, but it did remind me uh, of something when, when I was 19, I, I boxed for a little bit, I had a couple of years of boxing, and I, I went to the... Um, I fought a guy for, I think it was Mansfield or Macclesfield or something like that. Uh, the guy had been uh, in jail, He'd been in jail uh, and just come out of jail. Um, <laughs> and I was fighting this guy. Starting well already. Right? I turned up to the, um, as people know, in, in boxing, you turn up and you weigh in on a day. I weighed, I, I weighed in. My coach said to me, oh, by the way, he weighed in two kilos heavier than you. And that doesn't sound like a lot, but in boxing, it was a lot, it was a lot. especially when I used to box like, uh, I think I was 60, uh, 56 kilos, okay. walking around at 56 kilos, wow. so I wasn't a big person, so he weighed a bit bigger than me. You really uh, shut up though, haven't you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> ah, thanks. <laughs> but, um, welcome it. So, uh, my coach said to me, oh, you know, if you don't want to take it, don't take it, but if you do want to take it, it's that guy over there, and he pointed to me, this guy over there, and I look at this guy, I'm like, and it's this little skinny looking dude. I'm like, how's that guy weigh more than me anyway? I'm like, oh, he looks like a dweeb. I'll have a piece, I'll have a piece <laughs> of that. So I said yes to the fight. No worries. And then uh, I remember walking out to the fight. I came out second. I don't know why, for some reason. But I came out second. And I'm looking over into the ring and I'm like, that is not the guy <laughs> that you pointed out to me. 
He, this guy was jacked. <laughs> Tattoos everywhere. You know, obviously, he, obviously he'd been in jail for I don't know how long for, but he was just pumping weights. Oh, you know? my God. He looked jacked. And I'm thinking, <laughs> what the hell is going That's on here? That's why they sent you out yeah. blessed. That's yeah. why. And then, then, I, then, I, then I got in, got into the ring. And I, mem- I remember the fight. Uh, I remember we started exchanging a little bit. And I, I would think I was getting the better of him. And every time he just, like hit me once or even missed me the whole crowd would go ah it was mental he had apparently he had about 500 people there for him so obviously every time i hit him it was quiet and then he hit me we got and it kind of wound me up within the fight i was getting angry getting angry and i remember just uh at one point kind of dropping my hands and throwing a overhand right at the miss but came back with a left hook which was not technically great it was like literally thrown from my my, my, my holsters yeah. down by my yeah, hips literally. and it just cracked him dropped, knocked him out Yeah, he went down right and uh, he was in the corner he went down uh, and I walked off and I was like get up get. I was like just so pumped like, get up I just, I really just wanted to fight and he tried to get up and he just fell back down again and the, and the ref stopped it but on that literally my, my girlfriend at the time was there my brother and my dad uh, and uh, it was like <laughs> these three people and the whole crowd is quiet but I could hear my just my dad and my brother and my <laughs> girlfriend go it was just like it was quite funny oh did you have to walk back through these 500 oh yeah but when you knock someone out you kind of get a bit of respect oh that's I good yeah, that's, I was yeah. a bit worried about it, a bit worried about it. but obviously there's a happy ending but that's that's hilarious but Anthony Smith did that in Stockholm yeah. to, uh, yeah. uh, it's in similar fashion, just to feel the atmosphere. And even you heard the, the commentators, John Gooden in particular, was saying just how it had drained from from all of that. That must have been some feeling. And then the crowd had something else to deal with because straight after the fight, in the post-fight interview, Alexander talks to Dan Hardy, and you see him taking his gloves off, and we're all wondering, is is this going to happen? And uh, then he lays them down, and says, "Show's over, yeah. guys." Uh, but, but it's hard hard for yourself. It's like when you get to that sort of level in competition uh, and you've been there for a long, long time, and like you say, it's fell over the final hurdle a couple of times, it's hard to motivate yourself. It depends what your motivation is. If, yeah. it's, if, if it is money, motivation, or, or, or if it's competition, most, most, not everyone, but most athletes are competition-driven, especially in the UFC. You want to get to number one. Sure. And when that kind of goes for you, you have to find other ways to motivate yourself. Oh, you got got a family. I want to feed my family. I want to earn money. That's another motivation. But like for myself, myself included, I'll just speak of myself here. Money didn't motivate me that much as much as competition. So when I felt myself moving down the ladder, that's why I went down to flyweight to try and yeah, rekindle yeah, myself. Yeah. So yeah, so so you he's got to find something inside to motivate. It's not an easy sport to do. So you have to find motivation. So. If I was gonna, if I was an advisor to him, because uh, I still think he's not he, he's not that old. I can't remember exactly how old he is. Mid thirties, I think, or early thirties. I, I think. Especially, I especially, especially thirty-two. But yeah, wow. I mean, like, he's, he's well, really, look how jealous we are. Yeah, sound. mate, oh, I'm so jealous. <laughs> I felt my best when I was that age. Yeah. But like, uh, especially in his weight class, you have a lot more longevity within yeah. your career. Uh, especially someone with him, he has great footwork and stuff like. What I would like to see is maybe him go up a weight class. He's know? big. He, do, he, do you remember he, we were in London and it was the UFC card there and he was there with a couple of fights, Jimmy Manuel in yeah. particular, and we had a coffee with him and his manager. Yeah. I could not believe, that was the first time I'd met him. I could yeah. not believe the size of the He's man. Big, he has a massive frame, a yeah. massive frame. So I just think with his sort of boxing and movement, he can outbox a lot of guys up there. Obviously, stay away from the big punch, but he's very rangy. It's not as if he's yeah. gonna he's gonna struggle to hit someone like um you know like uh yeah, some, Derek Lewis or yeah, someone yeah, like that. No yeah. way, yeah. yeah. And he can outstrike that guy all day long and still you know get back. and never know. And that that division as well is all up in the air. Totally. You never know what's going on with don't that. Know so. How long Cormier is going to be around? There's, there's there's some bits there. Um, there was there was a good response off the back of uh, him. Uh, announcing his retirement from the likes of John Jones. John Jones says, I don't believe it, but he thanked him for it. Daniel Cormier also reached out, said we had bow back and forth, we bickered, but you made me better, so thank you for all you did for the sport. The amount of people, especially from that area, Scandinavia, who have Mm. recognised what he's done, it's it's no small task, is it? You've you've been part of bringing the show to to your hometown in London. It's no small task raising the profile of a niche sport to the point where... A lot of my, my fights 
were in Sweden as well, and they only went to Sweden because of Gustafsson. Yeah. You know? uh, so yeah, I, I, I sent him a message on, on Instagram to saying, "Hey, thanks, mate," and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I, I enjoyed sharing the same cards as you. Um, I've been out with him a couple of times. Yeah, he, he's a very reserved character, I, as you can tell now. Even you see his uh, social media is not massive, and he like has a nice little house in the country kind of thing. He's very much yeah. like that. He yeah, he's, often he's secluded himself. Yeah, 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 yeah. so yeah, so he's not all about about the the glitz and the glam. But for me, I, I just seeing him. Uh, how he performed against John Jones the first time because that really made him a superstar overnight, you know, because no one gave no no one gave him a chance for that fight. Sure, uh, and that that for me that, that just to see it made John Jones look a bit more vulnerable. Yeah, you know, because arguably that could he could have won that fight, you know. Yeah, many uh, many thought he did take yeah. it on points. Many yeah. thought he took it. That's why they. Were, but do you know that was twenty thirteen. Mm. That's a scary thought, isn't it? That 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 fight still feels so fresh. I know yeah. they've had the rematch, but 2013, and then he, he built his way back up through some absolute wars as well to get to get that rematch. I, I see him. more recently, maybe him versus Glover. You know, the the the, the combination of those free uppercuts. And, yeah, uh, well, that's that's we've got we've got a few comments. Yes, uh, who's who's that? Debo uh, says that's the original three piece and soda. It's got to be the Teixeira knockout, the three yeah. uppercuts followed by the right hand. Simon Mabry, the fight with John Jones was truly an epic battle between the two two of the best at their best only Lawler, Lawler and McDonald comes close to that which is if you, yeah. yeah I agree with that Gav on Twitter his first fight with John Jones has got me heavily into the UFC uh, having having uh, rather than just having a passing interest so like he's, he's got a legacy in this yeah sport. 100% and what, yeah. what what would you say if, if fighters are going to look back and re- remember Gustafsson what, what, what will that legacy be because he was always perennial he's always that horrible word where he's a perennial contender he's always up there but the stuff he's done and the the people he's fought that's carved not just uh, his own place, but there's there's loads following him. You just got to look at the likes of the people coming round. So yeah, he's uh, is a big part of the uh, the gym now. All stars. I can't see him moving away from the sport too much. And if you want me deep down inside me, do you think he'll fight again? I don't know. I mean, like many people retire, you know. Like also as well, um, he retired in like emotionally. Yeah. It wasn't like when I retired, it was a premeditated thing that, hey, on this day, I'm retiring. Yeah. No matter what the result, I'm going to do that, you know. So I already made up my mind. I didn't make that decision emotionally, you know. So um, when your emotions are running high like he was, because he, he, he could have won that fight. You yeah. know, he was looking good yeah. at the time he got beat. And then if he won that fight, would you reckon he'd be retiring? Probably not. So it's hard to say... When he emotionally, like you saying on that, when he was doing it as well, I need to go back and talk to my coaches, my family, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And that's what I mean. He, he just needs to find motivation again. Because to go back into a training camp, be away from your family, he's got, he's got family now, being away from your kids, you know, grinding hard, hard, and hard, hard. Um, when you find these young and up and comers who are, are solely, so, so, so motivated to, to, to get where you are, you know. Uh, so he needs to go around to see one if he could find the motivation and what would motivate him. You know, maybe a different weight class. You know, it'd be a fight. If someone said to him right now, we we'll give you no, maybe not. Daniel Cormier, heavyweight. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. that would yeah, yeah. maybe that was like the little spark. But like you said, even in the post um, press conference, he said when he was asked, "Would the, would you have retired if you had won?" He said, "Absolutely not." So there's yeah, that, like you said, it's. it's I didn't see that. Margin. I didn't see that part. So yeah, yeah. so it's uh, it'll be interesting. We'll see how that pans out. But we'll give a a, a few other shout outs for some uh, on your Instagram, mate. At one underscore punch, uh, people people mentioning their favourite moments. That's the other one he did. I forgot about. He proposed in the cage after. Yes, he, he did. Yeah, so yeah. He's, yeah. he's one up to every man. When we sit at dinner table and say, "What's your proposal?" The Empire State Building on the beach. No, my wife I'd... said to me, "If I did that, she would say no." So <laughs> I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with the embarrassment. <laughs> I love your wife. Uh, the combo on Glover is getting most of the love there. Um, then also his uh, his win when he his win against Manuel, which gave him the shot yep. against that, and then for them to become teammates yep. off the back of that. So uh, all that we've heard about Gustafsson, what is what is nice to see, is good stuff. Yeah. It's all about not just him as an athlete, but his character as well. So uh, if it is the last we see see of Alexander Gustafsson, thank you for all you've done. 100%. It's been uh, it's been absolutely awesome. And uh, but yeah, maybe heavyweight, mate. Maybe just eat yeah. a few more Scandinavian I, I think, snacks. I think with with, with his uh, movement and stuff, he, he, he could do. Uh, 
um, great things there. But like I say it's all to do if he's motivated to do that or not. So we'll talk about some of the other performances uh, of on UFC Stockholm. Now, Chris Fishgold, we had him on the podcast last yeah. week, came up against uh, Amir Khani, Makwan Amir Khani. Fishgold looked good. He looked he decent. That was a good fight. Amir yeah. Khani is a tough, tough puzzle, I'll say that, as far as uh, the sort of skills he brings. But I think those... Early that first round in particular, he was holding his own and he just got caught in that submission. It was a beautiful submission, but even on the ground when Amikani was on top, Fishko was going for sweeps, knee bars, the lot. He looked decent. Yeah, I wasn't like, um, I say disappointed in Fishko's opponents, more impressed by Mac- oh, I can't Mac one, Amikani. Mac yeah. one. Yeah. He's he, his performance. Thing of him, he's very flamboyant, uh, Macquam, you know, so he, he tends to get under some of his opponent's skin. But for me, uh, Fish Cole seemed very relaxed, didn't really. I was speaking to him last week when he was going on about, you know, the social media. He sure. just block, blocked him, you know, don't want to hear it, you know. Yeah, yeah. And he seemed very focused with <laughs> the fight. He's boxing, and I say, he looked really good. But yeah, Macquam, he obviously, he's a different level when it comes to wrestling, got him down. And uh, I believe he, he has a very good uh, anaconda uh, choke. He amended, I think it was he, deep, mate. Yeah, he got Tom Dukumar with that before. I think that was probably pre. I think that was pre UFC. Right. He, he submitted Tom Dukumar with that. Uh, uh, but obviously, Fishgold again. He, he's no um, slouch on the floor. He was doing the right things. They're like doing a <laughs> rotation around in yeah, circles. He's doing doing yeah. the right thing, but he just caught caught over in the end, and unfortunately had to tap. Yeah. Uh, but that's. I mean, it was still an impressive performance as far as stock and, and like when you sometimes see someone get beaten or finished in, yeah. in the UFC, you think, well, maybe they're not at that level. He's, no, he's proved no. in his last two fights he can hold his own in there and he's improving every single time, right? Yeah, 100%. It's like uh, he 100% be back and he's just trying to get him with the right sort of opponent and maybe if he, he, he back, back on English saw that hit him and uh, um, Grundy. Oh, um, Mike Grundy. Yeah, I yeah. Think, you know. Well, that's the Battle of Liverpool, isn't exactly. it? There you go. Yeah. Yes, that would be that's a superb fight, mate. You should match make. Yes, there that's that's a stunning fight. Uh, and as far as Makwan Amekani looked great again, not just before, but after I, the fight. Well, he wears a decent suit, mate. In fact, do you remember uh it was when he was on the same card as you, I believe? Uh when he fought Ogle yes. and, and he beat Ogle in eight the, seconds. In eight seconds, yeah. and then people were saying it was stopped early and maybe would it be up for a dinner rematch. And he says, Well, how am I gonna beat him? Yeah. Do you, want, you want me to beat him under eight seconds? He, he's like I say, he's a he's a very flashy character. Uh, he's very fun. And, he, and like I say it was a good performance yet again. Uh, I think he lost to Arnold Allen by a split yeah, decision. It's a close fight though, mate. Close fight. Very close fight. I just want one. to see him more active. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. out he's out for about a year, I believe, in that one. But I will say this. Uh, I He's been in fighting literally once a year. Yeah, but he, I think there was an injury or something to do. I, know, I think a fight got pulled. Uh, as well. I know. Also, I think he, he took some time out to concentrate on his boxing or something like that. So yeah, so it means a bit. Still, he's only fighting once a year, so he does a good performance like he did there. And now, if you don't see him in a year, you exactly. forgot. So you're like, out the conversation. Yeah, you're not in, a, not in the front of people's minds. Obviously, right now he fought at the weekend. People are thinking about him, blah blah blah. You know, and then if you. After six months, people are starting to forget about you, and then oh, okay, Matt Quan, yeah. See, they get he, he he has a lot of potential, but to get himself in the mix, which I believe he should be up there, yeah, he just needs a bit more active. And we'll talk about another KO of uh, potentially the year, if not if not the night. Didn't uh, was the uh, Leandro Santos, Leonardo, sorry, Santos against Stevie Ray. That was just. Did you see that one? That's one I didn't. I didn't actually catch that That's, one. That's uh, an un- unreal performance, especially because Leand- um, Leonardo Santos had been out for three years, roughly. So he uh, and he'd, uh, Stevie Ray's a tough character. He's tough, well. and yeah. he looked good. And you would have liked his boxing. A lot of head movement. A lot of using the body to work to work was his that, way inside. Was that Stevie Ray's first fight back within the UFC as well? So no, I think he's had one since then. So he's he never actually got cut. I don't believe. Yeah, no, it was just like so sort uh, of campaigns yeah. to to sort of get another fight. Um, but the, it was one of those knockouts where he just fell like a tree, caught him with a straight right, uh, and yeah, that went viral as well. So Leandro Santos, the coming from that Nova New Camp and uh, yeah. now Camp. Um, Looked, looked great. And he's another one who's begging to be more active now. So uh, some really impressive performances at UFC Stockholm. Obviously, the thing that people will remember most is is now the retirement of Alexander Gustafsson. But uh, g- good moves for uh, Leandro, uh, Leonardo Santos, as well as um, the likes of Anthony Smith and, and everybody else, and Rakic, obviously, as well. And speaking of Alexander Rakic, I believe, if we're lucky enough, he should be joining us on the phone now. 
So we are joined by the man of the moment, Mr. Alexander Rakic. Uh, thank you for joining us, mate. It's, it's a pleasure to have you on. And what a weekend you've had. Is it, has it set in exactly what happened this weekend? Yes, I was preparing myself for this kind of, of victory many, many weeks before. And everything went perfect the last two months. And yeah, that makes me really happy what happened on, 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 on Saturday. You kind of predicted it as well because in one of the interviews I saw saw with you on the, the media day, you said everybody will be talking about me. Everyone will know my name Sunday morning. And uh, there's very few video uh, KO knockouts that have gone as viral as yours. So uh, you predicted that as well, mate. A bit of Mystic Mac going on with you as well. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm. everybody likes to talk and everybody likes to, 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 to push uh, yourself, you know. I don't want to... To, to sound like I predict everything because nobody knows what, what's going to happen. But uh, I was confident in everything what, I, what I'm doing, you know, and the camp, my camp was perfect. And the last two weeks before the fight was like unbelievable. Everything I touch, I break. It was, <laughs> it, it was like that, you know. Everything I touch in the training, everything, I take the bottle, I break the ball, everything. It, 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 it was really like that. In the fight week, I, I told my coaches, man, everything I touch, I break. And, and that, that happened on, on Saturday. I touched Jimmy and I broke him. Where do you see uh, a, a, like a knockout like this uh, against Jimmy Manawa puts you within the division? I expect I'm going to take his place in the rankings. Just a couple of more guys in front of me and I'm going to focus on them. I already, me and my team, study all of them and climbing the ladder up to the top. These conversations that we're having, do you almost have to pinch yourself a little bit when you you are now talking about yourself potentially fighting these top 10, these top five, even John Jones, uh, the, the, the champion, where people are putting you in that conversation. When you look back to your MMA debut, the, uh, the first fight, the only fight you, you've lost and you jump back to that memory... Could you ever picture where you've got yourself now? I mean, how, what, what was that like losing that fight? And what's driven you on this 12-fight win streak since that moment? Yeah, this, this first fight I lost, it, this was a nightmare. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, I, I basically jumped from the kickboxing to the MMA. I was doing the same mistake what 80% of the young people does. Okay, they see UFC and they, they watch the, MMA, the fight and they say, oh, I want to train MMA, and they go directly to the MMA class. There is no wrestling, no grappling, no striking. They say just, I want to train MMA, and that's basically what I did. I was like a kickboxer going to the gym and straight to the MMA class, and I was training like six months, and we had a crazy, crazy coach there, and he pushed me like into the fire. He said like, hey, I have a fight for you in Germany. You want to fight? And I say, Yes, why not? I'm going to fight because <laughs> I'm getting used to in kickboxing. You fight every month, you know. So I have a lot of kickboxing fights. And I said to him, yes, let's fight. And the fight day was coming. I was training just six months. And I knew just uh, basic things on the ground. Uh, so I don't even wrestle, you know. And then the fight day came. And my opponent gets canceled. And I got the chance to fight in the main event. Uh, for a title, wow. five rounds, five minutes. And this was my first fight. You know? <laughs> uh, this, this, this story is crazy. And wow. I got, yeah, and the best thing was the promoter was the coaches of my opponent. Oh, mate, come on. <laughs> and I, I, I made him like two, three cuts and he was blood everywhere. So the doctor should stop the fight, but he didn't. And my stupid coach told me like in the first round, the last minute, Go for a takedown, oh. score the score the round, and I went for a double leg, but with my neck like, hey, here is my neck, and he took my neck and submit me with the guillotine, and this was horrible, you know. I almost won the fight, my first fight, and then I lost it, and it was like uh, six months. I was thinking on that, and I told myself never again, never ever again. I I've been then after that I put. Uh, hours and hours to, to train grappling, jiu-jitsu and wrestling before I took the next fight. Then I had uh, five, six fights and got my first serious knee injury. I tore my ACL and my menisc on the grappling in the training. So 
that put me away like six months. And I recovered from them and, and started already training hard and fought a couple of more times. And then I tore my ACL again wow. for the second time on the same knee. And this was like a, the, the surgery was really, really complicated and takes like four hours. So I was 18 months out of the fighting, you know, just rehab and physio. And after that period of, of, of recovering, I was like learning, studying about everything, like fighting, technique, nutrition. I wrote a lot of books and I was like keeping all the time learning, learning, learning. And then after my comeback fight, I fought a dangerous Brazilian guy here in Vienna in my hometown. I beat him in the first round. And after that win, uh, my manager came seven days later and put me the UFC uh, contract on table. I was not believing that. And <laughs> in the first, in the first thing I was seeing, I was I was asking him, man, do you think I'm ready for those guys? And he said, yeah, I think so. I, you're uh, like you're the future. And I was not believing that, you know, because I was thinking, oh, I'm not ready for those. They are machines. And then. I have my coaches and they believe in me and we are here now, four fights in the UFC, four wins and the last win was the biggest win of my career and I know now uh, I'm ready for those guys and I belong there in the rankings. So uh, obviously you started off your MMA uh, career and you're mostly fighting in Austria. What is that your um mma scene there is it quite big is there a lot of shows or is it just one show here is, is there a lot of gyms uh do you do you struggle to get training partners where you're training i mean when i started mma uh in austria the mma was really small here but we're getting bigger every year and when i signed with the ufc they really start to recognize and 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 uh the mma sport here and we have uh many gyms especially in Vienna, in the capital of Austria, and uh, also many fighters and a lot of shows here. And I have a couple of sparring partners here, especially we have uh, a lot of uh, Russians here from Chechnya, and all known, everybody knows they are really good wrestlers. So uh, with the, in this part, I have a good training partner in the wrestling. We have also some quite Brazilians here. They open their jiu-jitsu school and some teach jiu-jitsu here. And Europe is, is known about the, the good striking. So in the striking, we have every, everywhere you go in Europe, you have a good striking school. So I was like basically training all my career in Vienna. When I signed with the UFC and started to prepare for the UFC fight, I changed my camp to the American top team in Florida. And before every fight, I, I go there for two months because you have more sparring partner there. and I would not say the level is better than in Austria because really we're getting really really good. But I'm going there for for sparring partner because they have so many of them and everybody has different styles. Uh, it was quite a moment for you as well. You are the, is it, am I correct? You were the first Austrian to fight on the UFC main main card. Is that right? That's right. That, how proud does that make you? And when you look at somebody like Alexander Gustafsson, who just retired in his hometown and has made a legacy across the globe, but also in, in Scandinavia for himself, do you visualize that for yourself, bringing, uh, bringing events to Vienna, to your home city, and, and, and what you can do for the, the young upcoming fighters by inspiring them by what you do now? Of course, I'm re very proud of that, to be the first Austrian on the main card and to be a great ambassador for the Austrian MMA. But I'm a little bit sad about the Austrian um, media and something like that because they don't really recognize my hard work, what I what I do for the for this sport. Because for the media and for the people in Austria, MMA is just a, a brutal uh, fighting sport. You know, they don't see the hard training. Sure. And and the, yeah, so that makes me a little bit sad. But I want to make. Um, MMA popular in, in Austria, like you said, like Gustafsson does it in Stockholm. I've been in Stockholm many, many times, uh, and everybody, when you talk about MMA, they know the sport and they know Gustafsson, so he made it really good, and everybody loves MMA in Sweden, and that's my goal to do it in Austria, you know, to make the sport popular, because we have a lot of uh, young upcoming fighters who... They have talent and they can make it to the UFC and 
we now we have now uh, three fighters from Austria. They are signed with the UFC, so it would be possible to make a UFC in Vienna because uh, that would change a lot of things in 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 for the Austrian MMA. Uh, and and you've trained a little bit with Gustafsson. I know you've mentioned you only like a couple of days a, a while back, a few years ago. But now he's retired. What what are your memories of him, or have you got any uh, yeah any anecdotes as far as as him as a person outside the cage as well as inside it, and and what legacy he's left? Yeah, uh, I was training with Gustafsson four years ago. I went to Sweden. Uh, I was getting prepared for one of my fights in Vienna here. And I wanted to do like a training camp somewhere else. And I chose Sweden because of Gustafsson. I think he fought after this fight. He fought John Jones. Yeah, that's right. When he beat Manuel, yes. Yeah. Yeah, he fought the first time. And then he was like the hero of the European MMA. And everybody was watching him. And Sweden is not so far away from Austria. So I decided with my team to go there and to train with him. And he was... He, and he is still one of my idols. Uh, he is a, a great fighter, and I respect him. And I was training with him a couple of more, couple of times, and he gave me some good advices. To watch him on on Saturday, to saw his uh, like 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 performance, and to see like he's retiring. This makes me really sad because he's still I think 31 or 32 years 32, old. Yes, yeah. He's not so old for this weight class, but he decides that. But uh, Something tell me he's gonna be back. He needs <laughs> just just I think two three more years. Then he's gonna feel that hungry again, and then he's gonna he's gonna be back for sure. Because when you are one, you born as a fighter, and you have this with you. You know you cannot put it back and say I'm not gonna fight him more. The fire will come for sure again. You talk about having a lot of energy. One thing that will certainly sap that is uh, is when a new baby arrives in the world, my friend. And, and congratulations. You have a baby due in September. Is that right? That's right. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's it. Well, Brad is a father of two. I am a father of one. And we, we're both about 40, but we look about 65. So uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know what what advice we can give you on that. But what I will say is I've, I've, I follow you on Instagram. And obviously, there's um, you, you and your partner, your wife, uh, a very good Instagram couple, by the way. How long have you been together? Did you meet before Cauliflower Ears or after Cauliflower Ears? Uh, after. After. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry, before, before, before. <laughs> and what does, the, what does the wife think of these wonderful cauliflower ears you've, you've grown yourself? She now? likes it. Really? She likes it. Yes, man, she likes it. She's also Serbian like me. Like my parents are from Serbia. I'm not the typical Austrian guy. I live in Austria, but I'm Serbian. But the girls from Serbia and <laughs> like Serbia is similar like Russia. Serbia is a small Russia, I say all the okay. time to explain it very good. And the, and the, and the girls, from there, they love fighters and they love to having a, a strong man by their side, you know, to protect the family and to protect the wife, you know. And my wife, she likes it. She likes it. She <laughs> said, like, uh, she, she, cannot, she cannot imagine me without them because this is part of me now. And, like, I say, say it's my wife because he, she is my wife. We live together six years already and just next month we're going to make it official. And, oh, and congratulations. Congratulations. That is awesome. Thank you. Can, can we ask you, because obviously we just talked about Alexander Gustafsson did the, the proposal of all time in the cage after after winning. How did you propose to your lovely lady? I proposed her uh, one week before my fight in UFC Hamburg last year. I was in the camp in American Top Team and I brought a ring in America and coming back to Vienna two weeks before the fight to acclimatize because the fight was in Europe, in Germany. And one week before the fight, I told her, like, let's go out, let's have a walk. And it was like a, 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 a nice park here in Vienna. We love to go there. And I was, like, calling my friend, who is a photographer, and he was hiding in the park. <laughs> and I told him, like, when I do it, make good pictures because it's not going to happen twice, you know. Wow. So I'm not going to propose her twice. We was planning to have a wedding in this September. But God gave us a baby, and we're going to get uh, now uh, be parents in September, so we move our wedding to July. What a year you are having, mate. A baby, uh, getting married, four wins in the UFC, two back-to-back -back knockouts. 
I, I think you are one of the people that are really setting a, a fire to the scene, especially over here. And like you said, you wanted everyone to know your name the day after UFC Stockholm. There is no doubt now with a knockout like that, especially over somebody with like such a good name like Jimmy Mano or somebody who's been in there with the best in the division and is a dangerous striker himself. Uh, you've really put yourself now up there as somebody who can, uh, can mix it up and... and be pictured in that top five, even title challenging. So congratulations on that. Congratulations on getting married. Another congratulations for having a baby. And uh, we, we look forward to whatever comes next, mate. Okay. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Do you want to let people know where you, they can find you on social media so they can follow this journey as well? Of course. Uh, on Rakic, my Instagram and my Twitter is basically the same name. Rakic underline UFC. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. We look forward to seeing more cauliflower ear pictures, mate. All right. Best yeah. of luck to you. And we'll see you soon. Thanks for the time. Thank you. You're welcome. Have a good day. So that's Alexander Rakic. Uh, he's in a great spot now in a division that has got new blood. That just feels like it's come alive again. There was a long time where the light heavyweight division was a little bit stagnant, where it was yeah. a little bit caught up in... in Top end politics, trying to get certain matchups made, and no new new blood. But now you've got the likes of Luke Rockhold moving up, Rakic, uh, uh, Johnny Walker, all those people really making moves and making that now an interesting division again. It, it, it's a weird one. It's kind of like you don't know whether to say it's it's loads of new people or or a little bit of lack of depth within that um, division where you can move pretty quick. You know, a couple of good good wins, you 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 in the mix. The thing from that fight. Impressed by um, Alexander, the awesome basis. Where does Jimmy go? That's what. That's what more. To, that's that's actually, what. That's, that's one what, of the questions we've got. Is yeah. that I've, I, I took. That, I took that more away from the fight. Isn't where does Jimmy go from here? You know I mean? And what was your thoughts? Because well, he, he's not he's, he's not like Alexander Gustav. He's not big enough, I believe, to make the jump to heavyweight. No. He's a big dude. He's a big dude, yeah. 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 But you're, you're right. He's, and also, he, he's a lot older. He's 39 years of age. Yes. Um, it's one of those ones where, yeah, again, it's a bit tricky because not saying Jimmy was one-dimensional throughout his career, but he was a striker. He's known as a striker, and, and that's it. You know, like, um, And he doesn't really have a plan B. So it's not as if... He, like, say if you're uh, a submission artist and you get submitted every time, he's like, oh, what's going on here? So say, sure. he wants to knock people out, but now he's getting very um, uh, vulnerable himself. He's, he's getting knocked out. And when people, other fighters see that, you saw that, uh, Ratchik saw that, Jimmy threw a couple of bombs, you know, one big low kick, I was only a few seconds, and one massive left, left hook, which he's uh, renowned for, uh, Jimmy's left hook. But there's no like, okay, fine. I just walk through your few punches, and I, I, if I land you, you could be out going out. So it's kind of like a real hard position to be in, where your chin is as they starting to go, but you don't have nothing to rely on. I relate this to my my career a little bit. Towards the end of my career, I was getting dropped a lot more within my fights, but I had a backup. I, I can wrestle. wrestle yeah. I can wrestle. I can take you down. You, I'm clipped. I'm a bit. I'm a bit. Um, um, all over the place, I would still take you down and like recover. I've done that in a few of my fights. So, yeah, it's hard where Jimmy hasn't really developed those other areas. I'm not saying he hasn't developed those areas. I've never seen those other areas. So I don't know if he has, he's got them or not. He may have them and he's just keeping it a big secret. But, um, yeah. But he's in a tough spot now. Very tough. Tough spot. Yeah. He's got, he's got something. Especially also... now, he's, his main teammate's retired. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. But also, we, we wish him well because it was a it was a nasty knockout. It the, was. the way his head dropped backwards onto the canvas, in particular, was was that. So we wish Jimmy Mano a, a yeah. speedy recovery and whatever comes next. Obviously, he's created a great fan base over here of and course, he's made a big name for himself. So, so all, all the best uh, to to Mr. Jimmy Manoa. Now, let's look ahead at this card that is coming up, which is just I've just got it in front of me and I'm flicking through it. Unreal card, UFC two three eight happening this weekend. Early morning, British standard time for us. 3 a.m. we'll be delving into that main card. Um, but let's talk about these 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 fights. Henry Zahudo versus Marlon Moraes. What a, it's, this is your division, mate. What, when you look at that and you look at Zahudo, what he did at 125, now moving up to the 135, 
What's your thoughts? I don't know if this is something the UFC is planning to do. I've been doing it quite a bit. A lot of cards seems to, for me is in that there's a lot of movement within a weight class. I, the one just gone, it was the 205. Yeah. A lot of movement within that division. Uh, this one's 135. You have uh, obviously Henry and Marlon at the top of the bill. Sure. Then also you have uh, Pete Ian and... Um, Jimmy Riviera. Yeah, oh. Jimmy Riviera. What then, a fight that is. I mean, I mean, and then also you have Pedro Munoz versus uh, Adrian Sterling. So yeah. these are all big moving sort of yeah yeah they, they, they affect so, the division yeah, so yeah I, I, I don't know if this is some planning by the UFC or is this I just like happening it. but I, I do I like it because it, it, it leaves a lot of like for us guys love to chat about things <laughs> a lot to chat about yeah. before and after yeah. there's a lot of it movement. tells us a story something's yeah. going to happen we're going to we're going to have something to talk about within that division but the, the the big thing about this obviously it's now a vacant bank of bantamweight title yeah. um, TJ Dillashaw gave his title up was stripped of it however you want to say it disappeared off Go on. also with this division Uriah Faber's back in. That's dude, he's back. Yeah, Uriah, Uriah Faber's coming back. Uh, I was with him the other week, so I, I knew before he got announced. Uh, and, and like he was like, yeah, why not? You know, he wants to come back. You know, I said to I said, I said to him myself, hey, Uriah, is it because you like? Is it the uncertainty within this division? He's like, yeah, because oh, he wants to be. Yeah. You know, he, he's had a WC. He's never had a UFC belt. He, he you know? he's got to be the. Biggest bantamweight name never to win by far, never to by win. Far. One of the big, one of the biggest stars within Zufa. Yeah, to never, to, never to win a UFC, UFC belt. He's yeah. had obviously yeah, at is world champion in WC for a very, very long time. But he's one of the biggest um, stars, I say, alongside Donald Cerrone, who's never won a UFC yeah, belt. Great shout! And they're both on this car. We'll talk about that fight. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah. Um, but Marlon uh, uh, Moraes as done some amazing things came into the UFC was I think the WF World Series of Fighting Champion I believe yeah yeah Marlon, I've trained with him as well yeah. you've trained with him when, when I, when he's I a beast he, he's good he, he's good I remember training with him when he was the, the World Series of Fighting Champion he was, he was such a nice guy yeah, you know? yeah. We, uh, we had uh, some, some good, good sparring but it was like very respectful sure. you know if you know I mean like uh Afterwards, he was all friendly. Yeah, he was, he was a really, really nice guy. You know, he, he asking questions. What about this? What about that? Yeah. So he, he seemed very uh, approachable. He reminded me a little bit of um, looks wise and the way he fought a bit, a bit of a uh, uh, Eddie Alvarez. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, they're the same similar. same camp, aren't they? So yeah. They're training under Mark Henry. They with... look physically yeah. like each other. They do the like a mini version. Yeah. 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 And uh, so he's he's there with Mark Henry, uh, Frankie Edgar. Alvarez. Also, now they've got Zabit Magomed Sharikov yeah. over there. Magomed Magomed of all these uh, Dagestan and Russian fighters now going over and training with them. And when you look at his career in the UFC, stepped in there with so much hype, then lost a split decision to Rafael Asuncao, and then you jumped to his last performance, which was uh, UFC Fight Night One Four Four, where he finished Asuncao in. Uh, Three minutes, 17 seconds with a brutal guillotine after rocking him badly with a big right hand. Then the uh, the Jimmy Riviera finish. With yeah, the that, that's the one. I was at, actually, I was at that card because um, uh, Nathaniel uh, made his UFC debut on that card. Okay. Yeah, so that was in uh, New York, in Utica, I believe it was. Uh, and yeah, that everyone was going about Jimmy Rivera leading into that fight because yeah, sure. I must admit I was looking at him because he, he was in the scene when I was still competing I pictured I, that fight I, I, and I looked at me and I thought man this guy's tough you know this guy's tough you know, he, he, he's got good solid striking uh, and very good wrestling uh, and he looked big for the weight and man that was quick Bomb, same same head, with yeah. Sterling as well. I yes, mean, Sterling yeah. finished him within two minutes of the of the fight. And that's, he was going for the head kick, but caught him with the knee, but switched his like. But that's three finishes, all within the four minutes of the first round that have set him on this path towards Henry Zahudo. And what's interesting about this is Henry Zahudo is on, on a four fight win streak. That last one against TJ Dillashaw, thirty two seconds to defend his flyweight title. Now jumping up to try and get the bantamweight title yeah. to become a champ champ. Um, depending on what happens with that flyweight division, yeah, but they're both. Yeah. Like competitors, they're both athletes. Cejudo from that Olympic gold medal background, but there's there's real beef. When you saw them at the press conferences, they're in each other's face, they're talking, and it's it's almost uncharacteristic. You don't you, you haven't seen that with either of these in the UFC yet. I'm gonna say you have okay. with Henry. I think Henry's one of those guys that are a bit more like he's a wrestler. Yeah, he's got that. also he's got he's got. I think he's got a little bit more cocky with this win. Is I mean the, the last win was very impressive one, but I think he's got a little bit you know. <laughs> Not ahead of himself at all because he's a world Speak, champion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't say that, but I mean, like he's getting a little bit more into that sort of. Hey, 
on the man sort of thing. I think Marlon's one of those guys, he uh, plays how you play. If you yeah. want to play nasty, I'll play nasty. If you want to play nice, I'll play nice, you know? Okay. Yeah, but it's funny. It obviously, it makes it way more interesting to fight. And, I, and uh, you know, both of them have a lot to fight for. There's another title fight there. Valentina Shevchenko versus Jessica I. This is the 125 female division. It's, and that's a division that's still sort of forming itself, still figuring out who the contenders are. Shevchenko, without a doubt, is uh, has earned that, that championship. Now Jessica I is stepping up. Jessica I, when was she last in there? I think it was December. It's Jessica I is a weird one because obviously she went for that. <laughs> Four, really, but bad really patch, bad yeah. match. Four, four fight losing streak, then three fight winning, winning streak. But all... All of her, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, last seven fights have all gone to a decision. So she's somebody that's tough, but what she's figured out in the last three fights is how to sort of get those victories. But against Shevchenko, it's a tough ask, isn't it? She, Shevchenko is so good. Her, her work rate, her striking, even her wrestling. You think about that fight against Amanda Nunes, which was up. She won that last round. Yeah, it was a split decision as well, yeah. 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 So that's uh, And then uh, we've got what we've classed as the people's main event. Sort of surprised us that they'd added this to this card so fast after Cerrone's last fight. He has a quick... Well, it's not, well, like I say, Cerrone's one of those guys who will fight every week if he's not injured, you know. And this fight is... I just, you know, it still, it still may not happen. Yeah, we've worked. You know I, mean? I don't want to, I don't want to jinx this fight at all in any way whatsoever. We're all thinking it though, man. I'm talking about it, and I'm thinking, just make it. Like, there's, there's yeah. a couple of fights. Uh, obviously, on that, it's a, it's a stack cast, beautifully put together. But there's that fight that everybody, I think, every MMA fight, especially with what Tony Ferguson has been through, the journey he's taken, yeah. uh, as far as his mental health and, and whatever's been going on there. What was great to see the UFC help him out. What was also great to see is. When it came out in the uh, in the papers or when the media covered it, it was actually his wife that was asking for some help. So, and this is from officials in her state. So, it wasn't in a way like there's domestic violence or anything. Just that my husband needs help. They yeah. brought it, and the last photo I saw on social media with Tony Ferguson was him and his team, the the champion yeah. unit with him, his wife, and his kids. And that's that's something that's good to see as well. And there's so many sad stories and so many stories which surprise us in this uh, in the in this fight game with what they do, their mental state and what they put on the line, and to see it all coming round and Tony Ferguson making that walk again, and especially with his family behind him, that's, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, obviously I don't want to get too deep talking about mental health is a massive thing in men in general. Yeah. Uh, as being a man, you don't feel like you could talk about your problems because you're a man. Yeah. Now, there's nothing wrong with me kind of thing. So I think mean, it's, a, it's a very big, big topic, you know, uh, especially... Even at the highest level, where you're you're fighting, you know, the pressure's going into a fight, and like, Can't imagine. and it's it's such a, that's like a male dominant sport. It's not I don't mean it that way, but it's such a masculine thing, mm. winning, but when you lose, yeah, of course. You, I, I remember even myself as in like when I lost a few fights, my mojo kind of went, and I didn't feel I'm like, so I'm glad that he got some help. Hopefully, I say. Nothing happens with this fight, and this fight goes ahead. But uh, going back on to the mental issues, I mean, I think it is a very, very big thing within life in general. And I'm really glad that the UC also stepped in to help out as well and recognised and maybe put uh, mental health issues in the limelight so people who may have a problem with it yeah. can see that Ferguson, this more, yeah. you can't find much of a more masculine man 100%. than him. Yeah. Is having mental issues, you know. So hopefully that helps other people go seek. Yeah, help. yeah. Just, just get a voice. That's, that's 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 really good to see. But this is a fight that's tearing fans to pieces as well because they're two fan favourites. Yeah, there's the whole story of Tony <laughs> yeah. Ferguson got and Donald Cerrone is like. I, I, I don't know any fight fan who is into the UFC or MMA that does not like... I've never had a chat with somebody where they've gone, no, nah, I don't like Donald Cerrone. Don't, what, he comes across... He's so authentic in what yeah. he is and what he does. And like you said, he'll fight every week if he could. And the story of him now returning to lightweight, the story of him him and his kid, he's undefeated as a dad. And that's yeah, something that's that he keeps cool. saying. That's, that's very cool. cool. Um, so we're, it's it's just a fight like, that... Like I said, going back to what I said before about finding something to motivate yourself. Some, some people may by money but like I say I don't think he is he's not motivated by money so I'm like Conor McGregor is um, where Donald Trump, maybe now he's found his new motivation his kid you know he's now it's motivated that's, that's sparked a fire within danger him. Yeah. danger Cerrone what yeah. a name that is I'm yeah. called I'm called Brian <laughs> mate I'm called I have to live with that I have some other fighting friends that have their, their 
Hunter, Troy. They're like, <laughs> my, my, my son's called Buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, Buddy. Come here. Come, Come here, here, Buddy. Come here, Buddy. Give me a good but, Buddy could still beat me up, though, so that's that's good. But th- this card, this says it all as far as how stacked it is. When you look right at the early prelims, and we talk about uh, someone flying the flag for UK MMA, Joanne Calderwood takes on uh, Catelyn Tutagayan in the first fight of the night. That's, that, that is crazy. That is crazy. Cra- that is crazy. You know, like, yeah. But that's, like, that says rank it. number three versus rank number five or something, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. The, 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 first oh, fight. the, the curtain jerker is quite, is quite literally something that could potentially have yeah, title the, ramifications. Yeah, 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 100%, 100%. And then, like, also going up the card, yeah, you, you're down Stuart, you know, like, he, he's doing good now. He, he's fighting a lot overseas. They send him to America yeah, all yeah, the time, yeah. mate. They love to send him over there. He's been working a lot. He's been working at uh, my gym with a guy called Bola, uh, Bola Omielli, and uh, he's been he's one of those people who's really um, dedicated to getting better. You know, he will seek better training and try and you know learn new things. So he has no problem with asking questions. So always eager to learn. So it's good to see how Darren gets on this weekend. Obviously. But you've got Lamas in there as well, and then you've got to talk a little bit of that PT and Jimmy Riviera oh, fight because well, fine. But yeah, exactly. But PTN, now I've I've been lucky enough. I've called, I think, three of PTN's fights out in Russia, which have just been unreal. Just watching what he can do in the cage and watching... Just tough. Just tough. But tough. also, the, he will bring a fight. And he yeah. doesn't... Like, and you look at the way he's carved his way. He's now fight number four on this card. This card, which could really... Well, first of all, it's going to claim a, yeah. a new champion. I mean, I mean that, that fight could easily slip... Further, I mean, I would love to see this fight more. You know, if that makes sense for me, this is one of the one of the great fights on the card. But I could have seen that it could have easily been uh, on the prelim. Yes, so glad. I'm prelim. so glad this is where it is because it, it would give um, Peter Yan or, or Rivera a lot more of the limelight, which I believe those two guys deserve. But also going back to um, the rest of the card, as in like, oh, what's it? Who's Munoz, it? Uh, Sterling. No, no, no. Yeah, that, yeah, again, that, I mean, that's it, Munoz. That's, that's another, Munoz. I mean, you, you trumped me on that one. I yeah. forgot about that. that. That's a crazy good fight as well. And a bantamweight again, mate. Yeah. And Munoz has been unreal in yeah. his last fights. Unreal. And I thought they were going to put him against Jan. But the fact they've put him on the, on the same card, I could quite easily see the winners of those fights yes, facing yeah. each other and maybe maybe moving up if I'm right saying Sterling Sterling has been going on, on a bit uh, on a bit of a tear as well um, you know <laughs> we're both just flicking on our computers yeah. that's how excited we are but uh, yeah Sterling's three fight undefeated including yeah. the uh, the win over Brett Johns Cody Stammen and, and Jimmy, Jimmy Riviera himself, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so it's, uh, it's, it's a fight which you can see well this, we're going to have a lot of questions about the bantamweight division afterwards, but also we're going to get some answers, which is which is going to be very exciting. Indeed, indeed. So we've got a couple of questions. Uh, Slaphead Giraffe, I think we both know them quite well. Yeah. They've got their own podcast as well as you've trained out there, haven't you, in, in Malaga yep. alongside them. Uh, if you had to choose, what are the prospects' next three fights? Loving the pod, by the way, guys. Nice one. Well, like I've always uh, said that I'd like to see him fight either um, Chito Vera or... Um, What's his name? The guy he's actually fighting. Sugar Sean O'Malley. Yeah, yeah. Uh, O'Malley. I think that's that's a great fight. There's a few good fights within uh, the division. I think we'll put him up there. There's so many fights. So many, I mean, that division is pretty stacked. We just talked but about I, I, but it. I'd rather, yeah, you just saw on this card. But I, I'd rather him fight someone uh, to get him up there. Uh, it, I would have said like someone like Eddie Wineland as a well. Name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Name. Absolutely. Someone who's been in, in the game. Um, but then also some maybe like a Lineker. I mean, that would be a good good fight. Oh, my you know. goodness. Uh, yeah, so uh, he's just come back from holiday, you know, and uh, so he's, he's just getting back into the swing things now. He's right now, is he? Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> yeah, so now we're just uh, going to look, 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 look. We're in talks, basically. That's exciting. That's it. So let's have a look. Jones, Habib, or Valentina, who will be the first to lose their belt? That is from Chief Beef, Adam Beatty on Twitter. That's, pretty, that's a hard one. I can't see Khabib losing his belt anytime soon. <laughs> no, 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 not, not in our lifetimes, no, mate. No, no, no. No, the only way he would lose his belt by if he like just throws it somewhere and like, can't find it. Yeah. You know, he won't A lose. bear eats it. Yeah, he, a bear, yeah. 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 Uh, John Jones is yet again unless another hard one. Um, so I'm, I'm going to have to go with uh, Shevchenko. But then even saying that, that division is not very stacked. Uh, but I'm going to have to say Shevchenko Shevchenko and then finally so uh, and we kind of answered this one do you think Alexander Gustafsson 
uh, will compete in MMA again, or do you think he will take up another combat sport? Because so, you look at his footwork, you think kickboxing, boxing. Yeah, I don't think um, he will go into another combat sport. Uh, if he does anything again, I think he should go up to uh, my advice. We go up to heavyweight. Go up to heavyweight. Nice. Well, that is that is it from us this week. Thank you for joining us once again. If you want to check out where you can keep up with all the UFC action on BT Sport this week, check out their social media at BT Sport UFC on Twitter, at BT Sport on Instagram. Uh, it will be on BT Sport 1. Uh, prelims kick off 1 a.m. this early Sunday morning, Saturday night into Sunday morning. Uh, so join us then for some more UFC action keep supporting the pod we'll be back next week hope we have some news for you next week on the future of the pod uh, and whether we'll get to continue staring into each other's faces in this what is becoming a very sweaty but lovely studio for us um that's just creeped me out a little bit and uh yeah i'm gonna say back melissa thanks for having me yeah. thanks for having me thanks for listening and keep sharing and uh yeah i got really weirded out by the way you looked at me when you said that can we hold hands now uh okay <laughs> <laughs> thanks again see you next week